Yo, yo, what is crack a lacking? I hope you are doing amazingly. Welcome to the WTF Should I Do With My Life podcast. You know, this podcast isn't just a place to go if you're not sure what the hell to do with your life. This is a podcast to come to if you want to upgrade your ability to thrive in an uncertain world with all the madness that's going on around the globe right now. You can't control what other people do. But what you can control is how you respond when shit gets real. And now more than ever is a time when it's really important for us to get clear and step up our inner game. And so today I actually want to share an interview that a friend of mine, Andy Drish, did with me. He interviewed me for his business, The Foundation, and I'm going to bring that interview right here onto the podcast so you can jump in. So with no further ado, let's rock it. And at some point, I realized that everything that I want externally can only come in a sustainable way if I'm willing to make some adjustments internally. Hey, Starting From Nothing listeners, Andy Drish here, your host of this podcast. And before we get into this episode, I've got a special announcement that I want to share with you that could significantly alter your year this year. So if you want to start a business in 2017 that gives you the freedom to travel, that gives you the freedom to do work that you love, or that gives you just more safety and security when it comes to income for you and your family, I want you to know that we're opening our next class of the foundation up in January. And what's going to make this class so unique is that for the first time, we're, we're upping the level of personal attention that you're going to get to. You're going to have uh, phone calls twice a week, and you're going to have phone calls with me and with my business partner, Dane Maxwell, and with Andrew Warner from Mixergy. So if you can imagine having the three of us mentoring you for six months straight, twice a week, if you imagine what would happen to your life and to your business, um, if you get excited by that, I would love if you went to thefoundation.com and applied to join us because this is going to be one of the most unique classes that we've ever ran. So I wanted you to know that, but there's also one more thing that I wanted you to know. So to kick this class off and to celebrate it, I just hosted the Bootstrap Software Summit where I brought 30 uh, plus of the world's top entrepreneurs when it comes to bootstrapping software products. Guests included Jason Fried from Basecamp, Clay Collins from Lead Pages, Nathan Latka from The Top, Nathan Barry from ConvertKit, and so many more. And I grilled them with questions about the exact strategies they used to go from nothing to six figures in revenue to seven figures in revenue to eight figures in revenue and beyond. And I personally think these are some of the best interviews that I've ever done because I focused on the nitty gritty details of what it takes to get these businesses off the ground. So I know a lot of people host these summits and they charge two to $300 for all the recordings. But uh, for you, I wanted to give you all of these recordings for free. So for the month of December, I'm going to be posting all of these interviews on starting from nothing so you can learn from them as well. Um, I just have one little request for you that if you love these interviews, if you're getting value out of this podcast, if it's useful for you, one of the things that would make me so uh, grateful is if you subscribe to this podcast, if you left me a 
a review on it. And if you shared this with a friend, uh, we put a lot of time and energy into making these episodes as useful as possible. And I want as many people as possible to see them. So those are the two announcements. In January, the next class of the foundation is launching. It's your opportunity to get mentored by Dane, by me, by Andrew Warner from Mixergy twice a week for six months. If you're interested, email me at andy at foundation.com or go to thefoundation.com to apply. And if you're getting value out of this podcast, I would love if you subscribe to it, if you left us a review and if you shared it with a friend. So with that, thank you for listening. Let's go ahead and get into this interview. Welcome everyone to another episode of Starting From Nothing, your host Andy Drish here. And today I've got on the phone with me, on Skype with me, Jacob Sokol. And Jacob is a life and business coach who's been described as a mix between Jay-Z and Deepak Chopra. For the past seven years, he's been on a mission to help the world live with less anxiety and more fulfillment by mastering their inner game, which we know is so important if you're going to be pursuing building a business this year. Uh, Jacob's known for creating the inner game immersion, a 10-week immersion process that helps people level up their mental clarity, emotional mastery, physical optimization, and spiritual purpose. When he's not leading retreats in Bali or coaching at his crib in Brooklyn, he is either listening to hardcore hip-hop or cuddling with his two cats. Jacob, welcome to the show, man. What's cracking, my man? Thanks for having me. Now, guys, so I always do you know, the, the official bio, so to speak to introduce people. But uh, I really love telling you a little bit about why I choose the guests because I, I choose them with uh, intention and purpose to bring them to you. And Jacob and I met four years ago at World Domination Summit. Four years ago or five years ago? I think four. Four, and yeah. four years ago. And we sat down and we were sitting down at a little coffee shop and we talked about this idea that a coach was teaching me at the time. Uh, to expand my capacity uh, for financial abundance. And, and the idea behind it was that most entrepreneurs don't build their business or grow their business, not because they're not capable, but because they don't know what they would do if they had the extra money coming in. They haven't tapped into that level of desire. So she had me do this game where um, I got an imaginary $1,000 every day. And each day, the amount of money I got doubled. So $1,000 on day one, 2000 on day two, 4000 on day three, 8000 on day four and so on and so forth. And each day I had to spend all of it and I couldn't invest it. I couldn't give it away to charity. I couldn't pay off debt. Like I'm imagining all of that was taken care of. You have to spend it selfishly on yourself and on what what you basically desire. And the idea is to go as long as you can until that desire tops out to where you wouldn't know what else you would spend money on. So we talked about this on day one. And then about two years ago, uh, I get a random call from Jacob out of the blue and he says, hey, man, do you remember when we met and you told me of that experiment where you have to spend $1,000 and spend it selfishly on just what you want? And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, well, I just sent you $1,000 in PayPal and you have a week and you have to spend it selfishly on yourself and you can't give it away and you can't do this and this and you have a week and I just want to know what you end up doing with it. And I share that story for two reasons. One, because the experiment's really cool. But two, to give you a window into the type of person Jacob is to be able to do stuff like that. Dude, it was such an incredible gift. So much goodness came from. I ended up spending $1,000. I rented out a, a big mountain retreat house and I had a bunch of friends and we threw an epic party for the weekend and giving, you know, I talked about Libby and I talked about going to Vegas and spending the weekend there, but that was the most meaningful thing that we wanted to do with it. So thank you, Jacob. Welcome to the show. Uh, audience, that's a little bit about Jacob and the type of human he is. 
My man, well, thank you for having me. And there's no way I'm going to let you get away with telling that story without reflecting back to everyone who's listening, you know, what happened in between those two years. And so shortly after I met Andy, maybe a month later, he calls me up randomly and he's like, hey, dude, remember when we spoke, you said that you're kind of interested in Burning Man, but didn't know anything about it? Well, do you want to come with me to Burning Man? And you guys have to realize, like, me and Andy had only spent a few hours together in our entire life. And here he was inviting me for to come hang with him for two weeks in a small ass, like, you know, RV in the middle of the desert with a group of people who I, I had no idea who these people were. And he, he made this invitation. And I, I remember I was at a point in my business where I was so pumped because I just had my first five figure month. And I remember like I told you that and you celebrated that with me so much when we were when we were in Portland. But I, I still at that time, I was like, dude, how much is it going to cost? And you're like, listen, if cost is the, the barrier that's going to stop you from coming, don't worry about it. And I'm like, what? Seriously? So I thought about it and I'm like, OK, like I'm, I'm going to figure out how to make this work. And I like, you know, scrap myself together and I, I head out to Boulder to meet Andy and Dane. And I can tell you guys stories about that, which is awesome. But in short is like, you know, they, they like facilitated and, and guided and paid for the bulk of my experience. And he didn't even know me. Right. It was like and, and it wasn't like I was like some like huge entrepreneurial. who He was like trying to like leverage or get info from or use my network like I was like some scrub, just like, you know, who's passionate about learning. And like, we just felt an authentic vibe. And he was totally. just like, I'd love for you to come because I feel a connection with you. And so, yeah, me sending you a thousand bucks, you know, later on was just a reflection back of like how you showed up in my life and then what a cool capacity you did. And me thinking of, you know, in my heart feeling into like, how could I ever possibly do something as awesome for Andy as he did for me? And that was my stab at it. Well, thanks, man. I love hearing that. Uh, we've been on an epic ride together from from that time. And you've been on an epic ride with your business. Uh, things have really taken off for you since Burning Man. Mm. That was kind of a catalyst in terms of uh, propelling you into a whole other stratosphere. I know a big part of that's the inner game, that piece that you're talking about. So give me give me Jacob's definition. Like, What is the inner game when you look at it? And why is it important for entrepreneurs who are getting started? Mm, yeah, totally. So we all want awesome shit, whatever that is, whether that's to have like a seven figure business or be in a relationship with your dream person or like whatever that looks like for you individually might vary. But we all want awesome shit. And if you think about it, you know, most of us were ambitious. If you're listening to this right now, you've got some ambition and you're like, I want to make that happen. So I've also been in that position and I've gone after making those things happen only to feel stressed anxious, depleted, like there was a kind of hole in me because it didn't happen. And what did that mean about me? And did it mean I was destined for a life where I wasn't going to be fulfilled and, and happy and crushing it? And at some point, I realized that everything that I want externally can only come in a sustainable way if I'm willing to make some adjustments internally. And the best way I can describe that is if you think of like a mango tree, just imagine like suddenly you have like a mango tree wherever you live, like in your, in your yard, or I don't know, you move to Hawaii and like suddenly you're like, I've got a mango tree. This is awesome. Right. And you like go out to the tree and you're like, I really wish that there were more mangoes on this tree. Right. Like, would you go to like the branches and start to work on the branches to create more of the mangoes? 
No, that'd be foolish. If, if you wanted to create a tree that, that flourished more and had more mangoes, you'd work on the soil, on the roots, on the foundation, funny enough. Um, and it's the same thing if you think about your life. If you want to create external results, you've got to be willing to go into the foundation, into the soil, into the, the deep beliefs that are creating your experience of the external. And another analogy that, that lands for people, Andy, is thinking of a skyscraper. The best way to see how tall a building is going to be is to see how deep they've dug the foundation. The higher you want the building to be, the deeper the foundation needs to go. And that's all inner game. And that's why I love what you guys do. Like, first time I met Dane was in that trip to, to Burning Man. And I met Dane and Dane's like, Jacob, what's your story? And I, I don't know. We just got really deep really quick. And I told him. The first word that I ever learned was the word motherfucker. And that's what my dad tells me. And I don't know if that's exactly true or not, but like he says that it is my dad. And I don't think he's joking all that much. And that kind of tells you a little bit about the household that I grew up in. Parents who loved me a lot, but there was a lot of drama and chaos. And I told this to Dane and Dane just started to cry. He just teared up. Out of like, dude just met me. It's not like I'm like his like lifelong brother who's like, Dane, I have this secret I want to reveal to you finally and come clean about the truth of our head. Like, no, like I just met, but he had such a big heart that he just like felt my pain, like that I wasn't even aware of by sharing that with him. And he reflected back to me. I was like, oh man, maybe I actually have like some pain around that. And that's what I love about you guys. That's what I love about you too, Andy, is that you guys have such big hearts and for all the heady stuff that you do as far as figuring out how to grow businesses and, and you know make an impact in the world, it's driven from your heart, from a vision of how do I spend my limited time on this planet in a way that actually I feel proud of and, and feels like I'm doing what I'm here to do. And I've watched Dane shift out of the foundation in order to do that. I've watched you step away from the foundation in order to do that. And that's inner game. Inner game, as men especially, we really feel oftentimes shame around listening to what's in our heart or even having a conversation about it because it's like that woo-woo crap. But your heart is what creates your vision. And so often we're looking for clarity in a place that it doesn't exist, which is our head. And really, it's just fear masking itself as logic, right? We're just afraid of whatever that is, not having enough money, looking stupid, not being enough. And so we go, go into perfection mode. We go into I need certainty mode. But we don't tell ourselves that. We just say, oh, I'm looking for the exact right thing to do, or I'm looking for exact clarity on how to move forward. And we look in a place where we just can't find it. We look in our head when it comes from our gut, it comes from our heart. And you know, the best athletes on the planet know this. They're not sitting down looking for clarity when they're in the middle of a game. They're trusting their gut and figuring out what to do uh, from there. Um, and, and so do you know the top performers just all around. So inner game is about, you know, aligning your heart with your head. It's about uncovering what are your deeper blocks, your your blind spots. And, um, and how do you connect to a purpose that matters so much to you that you're willing to step out into fear because there's a greater good and it's not just about you. It's about the world at large and that that's worth looking stupid for, even if that's what it takes. For, first of all, I, I love this concept and I love helping people get in touch with what is the deeper calling that's that's pulling them as opposed to some sort of logical uh, explanation of what they think they should do or this idea that, that uh, would, you, would you say that it's, it's logic masked as fear? 
Yeah, it's fear masked as logic. It's fear masked as logic. Yeah, that really fits, you know. And I think the times when I have the the least clarity in my life is that I'm trying to figure something out logically, and there isn't a logical answer for it. And I can spend hours in my head thinking about like, what's the next business idea, or what's the next move, or what's the next thing that I should be doing. But the answer doesn't actually come from there, and it just ends up wasting a whole bunch of time and energy. So. If there's somebody in that position and they're thinking about what they should do, like how how do you help them get more in touch with that aspect for them? Yeah, I love it. Um, well, just you know, I want to reflect. You and Libby are engaged, your fiance, and like that wasn't a logical decision. Like you're like, you know, here's this person who I want to spend the rest of my life with. One that that's just illogical in itself, at least in my eyes, to be like I'm going to spend the rest of my life with someone. Like, um, but your heart knew like. I don't know, you know, exactly how to explain this with a pros and cons list, but in my heart, I know I want to be with this woman. And you knew that shit the moment I met you and I was so impressed by it and shocked by it and thought you were just absolutely crazy. I'm just judging. I was just judging like, really? How do you possibly know that? You know, it was my own shit that I was really judging, but like, it's funny. It's four years later and you still have that, that knowing and you guys are engaged now. It's ridiculous. Like, Like, because, yeah, we met when Libby and I had known each other for a year or something like that. Or we, no, we were on the verge of breakup. (laughs) That's where I just got done telling you how much I was certain about that. (laughs) And we broke up a month later. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, but you know, that's the long term vision. That's like, are you willing to look stupid? Are you willing to go through the pain? Are you willing to get dirty over this because it matters to you that much? And you know what? You, you didn't have that experience with 10 other women before her. You had other experiences with other women and your heart or your gut said, yeah, this is cool, but this isn't it and I need to move on. And you did that. So, so I, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to shoot us an email and let us know how this is, is impacting you. Just Andy at the foundation.com, shoot me an email there and let me know because I want to talk a lot more about this stuff. And I never know if it is actually going to resonate with people or if it's going to come off sounding too crazy or woo woo or like, like at the, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so how do I actually build a business? You know, and I, I, I don't want to throw that out because we're going to get into tactics and stuff as well. But I think the guiding principle where the core, where you have to be driven from comes from this place. And I love this idea of following the thing that you love. Yeah. And sometimes it sucks. Like I interviewed Daniel Coyle, who wrote the book, The Talent Code. He's an incredible author. It's a New York Times bestselling book. And I said, dude, what's the deal with following your passion? Like, should we do it? Should we not? It's a lot of, you know, like a lot of advice out there about it. Is it bad advice? He's like, here's what people get mixed up about passion. Passion isn't the thing that makes you feel good. Passion is the thing that you want to do even when it doesn't feel good, even when it sucks. It's like you are so like committed to this thing that even when it's hard, you still want to do it. And you know, I want to I want to get rid of the notion that you guys just need to do shit that feels good and replace it with the notion that you should be training for the challenges. Because if you want to be on Oprah, you probably don't, but like some people I speak to (laughs) want to be on Oprah. Um, If you want to have a a huge business, you probably do. These are things that you'd be like, oh my God, my life would be amazing if that were to happen. But if you were, if you had a, a seven figure business or an eight or a nine figure business, would that be easy? Hell no. You'd be more challenged than you've ever been in your entire life. So to wish to have that now is actually foolish. What you should be doing is training for the challenges so you can grow your capacity to handle 
how do you make payroll for all these people? Where are your leads going to come from? How are you going to make sure your customers are astonished with service, right? Like these are all integrated game upgrades that we want to avoid. We want to skip and we want to go right to the external when the reality is, is we, we want to train for the challenges. And I do want to answer your question about clarity. So we can, we can definitely go back into that as well. Yeah, let's do that one one just thing on this. I love I love the distinguishment of passion is not meant to feel good. The root of the word passion like its Latin origin is is around to suffer. Mm. And and like that changes things. Nice. I like that. It changes things when you know that. Like because that's how it is with me and Libby. It's not our relationship is not some little fairy tale that was born in Disneyland. This it, it is like challenging as all hell to be able to continue to like go doing our little dance of feeling challenged, feeling frustrated, feeling head over heels in love. It's like at some level insanity. And I think passion is similarly a similar process that you end up following for it. So let's talk about clarity. I want to talk about your relationship now. I want to talk about like, I want to talk about challenges because, you know, every time that you fight with Libby, and I fight with Nadia or, and we can even say, you know, every time that someone is feeling triggered in life in general, society tells us that's a bad thing. And we're programmed and conditioned to feel shame around that. I'm not enough. There's something wrong. Anytime you feel triggered, all that means is that you've just identified an access point to your greatness, because this is your inner games way of asking you to evolve and step up. And if you're willing to kind of disassociate your self-worth from the incident, take a few deep breaths and step back and say, okay, I know this feels like shit right now, but this is actually the best thing that can be, can be happening for my growth. You can move back and you can maybe get a coach or even do some own of your introspective, reflective processing and realize here's the way that I'm not showing up or here's the way that I'm wounded or here's the way that I'm lacking uh, a mindset upgrade that that would really help me. So I want to reframe and kind of rebrand the idea of fighting or, or even being triggered within ourselves as a bad thing and, and kind of let everyone know that's your access point to greatness if you're willing to step into the discomfort. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny when you start studying what triggers you, like what throws you, what gets you upset, frustrated, angry, insecure. Like you said, it, it's it's the gateway. It, it's the fastest path to figuring out what the thing is that you need to sort through to be able to evolve, to step up in your game. I love it, man. Yeah. Okay, clarity. Let's talk about it. So there's three ideas I want to give you guys about finding clarity. Um, three principles. And the first principle is that the quality of your questions dictate the quality of your clarity. So if you're asking a shitty question, you're going to have a shitty amount of clarity. So here's a shitty question. Should I stay in my job or should I leave it? Shitty question. A better question might be, what would I like to have more of in my life right now? And then is it possible I could get that through my job? Um, or should I, could I possibly start a side hustle? Or, you know, maybe like, you know, should I start this business or should I not? Well, here's that, that's a shitty question. Here, here's a question you could try. How can I test my business idea for the least amount of time and least amount of money as possible? So essentially the least amount of risk. So just when you feel like you're stuck and you're looking for clarity, just notice yourself, what is the question that you're asking yourself and see if you can upgrade that question. OK, 
Okay. And you can, you guys can email me, Jacob at sensophy.com, S-E-N-S-O-P-H-Y.com. Um, and I'm happy to help upgrade your question, you know, with you. Um, but that's, that's kind of principle number one is that your clarity is going to be determined by your question. Principle number two is a quote from a good friend of mine named Albert Einstein. And Albert Einstein said that you can't solve a problem with the same level of consciousness that created it. Now, consciousness is just a fancy word for awareness or thinking. So if you're in a state of fear, you're only going to come up with answers that are going to create more fear for you. So the number one thing that you can do, the fastest path to change your brain is to actually move your body. The quickest way to change your psychology is to change your physiology. And you're not going to like this. I'm going to tell you this shit. And you're going to be like, oh, but I don't feel like doing it, Jacob. I don't care if you feel like doing it. Do you want a better life or not? So go take a cold shower. Okay. Like when I had some of my hardest moments where I had to show up and teach a nine day retreat in Bali by myself for 15 people. And I was so stuck in my head. My inner game action was go take a cold shower. And I hated it. And it got me so out of my head and into my body that instantly I was like plugged in and 10 times in the amount of flow than I would have been if I was looking for clarity in my head. So if you want to if you want to change your psychology, change your physiology. And there's a deeper conversation to that around inner game. I won't go too far into it now for time's sake, but that's a very, you know, clear example. Um, and the third thing is most people think that they need clarity in order to take action, but really clarity comes as a result of taking action. And oftentimes we're so scared to move because we don't know exactly how things are going to work. And we don't like uncertainty, but like little little bit of like a, a news alert here. Like if you don't like uncertainty, then like you're not going to like this. We are like all flying through infinite space right now on a tiny rock moving 67,000 miles per hour with no inherent destination whatsoever. We're just flying through the mystery of life. And we use certainty as some way to try to grapple with the fact that our brains would explode if we actually tried to comprehend what's going on right now. So the number one thing you can do is get over this notion that there is anything as certainty and recognize that if you're seeking certainty, it's probably because you're actually seeking safety because there's a fear there and you're trying to find that that safety through certainty. And it just doesn't work that way. So what I would suggest is to, you know, breathe into, I'm going back to the body here, but breathe into the fear. And I'll save the larger conversation if people want to know more about this. We can talk about that through the inner game work that I do. Um, But, you know, you can't see what's around the corner until you start moving toward it. And most people are so scared to start moving forward that they never allow themselves to see what's around the corner. So just ask yourself, what's the smallest action I could take to get me into movement that would help me see things a little bit more clearly if I were to take this action? Beautiful. I I, I love talking about the whole, the, the whole concept of certainty is, is almost like a false construct in and of itself. You know, at any moment, everything could shift. The idea of certainty is almost a fallacy that isn't even real when you really zoom into it. It's a social construction. It's kind of like the idea of normal. Like there is no such thing as normal. It's just what society is like summed us up to believe. And then we try to adapt that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why Burning Man was so impactful for me was because you, for you, you disconnect from what's normal. And for a week, you get immersed into something that is completely 
uh, alternative to any sense of reality that I've that I've ever lived in, and it can show you that this reality could be possible if for us if we wanted it to be. So clarity, three things for clarity. If somebody's really stuck, where do you go to first to help them get unstuck? This is going to suck. Everything I'm going to say is going to suck for you guys. Some people are going to just love me and some people are going to hate me. And that's just how my experience of life usually is. So being stuck is a symptom. It's not a cause. We have to start to understand what is the cause that's creating my stuckness. And what I found that to be is that we're disconnected from ourselves. And now I don't want to get too abstract here, right? And I don't want to lose too many people when I start talking about this. Um, but it's really important. And for the 1% of people who get this, it's going to be worth it, even if I lose the other 99% of people here. So um, usually, you know, the reason that we feel stuck is because we're disconnected from ourselves. The reason we're disconnected from ourselves is because it can be really uncomfortable to actually be connected to our experience and to feel what's actually there. Because there's often pain that's like lodged in our body. And you know this, you've done somatic work in Bali and all over. And um, and so the, the quickest way to get you connected back with yourself, besides going to do Tantra work with Andy and his guru in Bali, um, is to come to New York and do it with me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> is, uh, is, to, um, is to get you out of your head and into your body. And again, you can do it with a cold shower. And this is what your mind is going to say. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. it it's kind of like being at the edge of a cliff. The longer that you and you want to jump because you're in Hawaii and it's an amazing waterfall and your friend is ready to take the picture and you're so ready to post that shit on Instagram, but you're scared to jump. And like the longer that you stand at the edge of the cliff, the scarier it's going to get. And your mind, remember, fear is going to mask itself as logic and your heart knows it wants to do this thing. It's like, I really want to jump. But your mind is saying, come on, rationally, it, this is going to make no difference in your life. Like you could hurt yourself. Why would you do this? And it's just going to convince you all the reasons why you shouldn't do the thing that your heart or your gut is saying. So you kind of have to be willing to like hear that screaming voice in your mind. That's like, don't do it, you idiot. And be like, you know, I'm, I'm driving the show today and, uh, and, and just go for it and take a step forward. And yeah, my, my number one um, hack when I'm looking for clarity is it doesn't need to be so scary. It can be as simple as going for a run, just, you know, exercising, doing yoga, getting into my body, some, something to break the, the state of my current consciousness so that I can objectively see things and, um, and figure out what to do from there. I, I bungee jumped one time in my life. Have you, have you bungee jumped before? I skydived once and it was enough for me to be happy that I did it and never need to do it again. So, so I, I love skydiving. A bungee jumping was awful. Like it was in, <laughs> it was in Mexico and, uh, and it was like a hundred yards, you know, it was like a one second free fall, which is pretty short. And it was terrifying. And I remember standing there with like my toes at the edge looking down and it's not that far down. So you can see like where you would splat if the, rope doesn't catch you and I'm gripping onto the rail and it was it was like my whole body was tense and then they do the little countdown like three two one jump and then the moment that that happened and like the moment that the energy went like down into my body and I leapt off the moment I left the platform like it was all good like mm. everything felt so 
there's no fear. There's no hesitation because I was in action and in motion. And I find that once people get to that and they get in that rhythm going and that momentum moving, everything else starts to take care of itself. Totally. And that's a muscle that you build. That's why you want to train for the challenge and kind of work on that all the time. The, the way that I see that, Andy, and I see this with people who sign up to do coaching with me when it's scary, it's, it's scary to commit to kind of go to the next level of your evolution. There's a part of us that's actively working to make sure we're not more successful because it views different as death. And that's inner game stuff that we won't go into now, but that, you know, if you guys are wondering, well, well I'm doing all this shit. Why is it not working? Well, your mind, your, your, your unconscious mind is trying to keep you safe. Um, but the thing I want to share is that what I've noticed is that there's a direct correlation between the amount of nervousness that you feel and the amount of excitement that's available to you if you're willing to step into that nervousness. So basically, fear is just if fear going in the direction of something you want, not like if I'm chasing you with a gun, but like when you're like, yeah, like I, I want to do this thing, but I'm scared. All that is, is intense energy. Now, as a society, we label intense energy usually as fear. We're like, oh, that's that's a bad thing. And I have shame around being afraid because I'm a dude and I'm tough or I'm a chick who's been masculinized in our world and I shouldn't be afraid. No, no, it's just intense energy. And what happens, most people who don't live their purpose, who don't master their inner game, what they do is they're so ashamed and uncomfortable with intense energy that they try to get rid of it as quick as possible, not knowing that that same exact intense energy is the rocket fuel that they need to get them to move forward if they could only learn to breathe into that intense energy and harness it as power. And it's uncomfortable. It's kind of like, you know, even when you're having sex, right? Like too much pleasure is uncomfortable. You want to release it. Like we're like, we don't want to release it, but we do because it's it's intense energy. It's hard to hold that inside of us. But as you master your inner game, as you continue to, to play with these things here and remove the shame from it, you can use that fear as fuel to move you forward. 99% of people don't do that. And that's why they don't feel the levels of fulfillment that are available to them. Mm. So you're saying if you're getting into a space where you have something big coming up or you're starting a business or you're cold calling people or what, whatever it is and you get that, that almost paralyzing, crippling, intense fear running through your body, you can either A, push it away and try and ignore it and get rid of it or B, harness it and actually use that energy to fuel you with whatever it is that you're creating. 100%. Yeah. And the other thing here is like we don't want to be idiots about it. So don't go try to speak on Oprah like if you've never done public speaking before or don't go pitch, you know, I don't know, to who do you pitch to like uh, Mark Cuban or something like that. Like if you've never done a pitch before, you want to you want to train for the challenges. You're not like at the mercy of the universe and just saying like, oh, I hope the universe gives me a winning lotto ticket like or like, oh, I finally had my shot and I blew it. Like we want to make sure that you're investing in yourself every day through your actions, through your consciousness, through who you're surrounding yourself with, through your training regimen, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, et cetera, and um, and preparing yourself so that you stretch when you get out of your comfort zone. You don't snap. Because I think we've all experienced that where the fear is just too much and you just can't breathe into it and it just takes over you and it feels like there's no coming back from that. And, I, you know, you, you learn what your edge is by going past it, right? And 
Um, and, and that's how you grow it too. But you don't, it doesn't need to feel horrible. It can be like going to the gym and training instead of pulling a muscle because you went to the gym and tried to, you know, lift 300 pounds. Totally. Totally. So if somebody's, if somebody's starting a business, how do you get them training for that next layer of challenge? Mm. Yeah. So for me, it's all inner game. So whether, you know, I, I coach people who are executives for, you know, GE and making, you know, huge salaries. And I, I coach people who are just starting out their coaching practices and they're like, you know, I'd love to do really meaningful work in the world. And for me, it's all about what are your blind spots? The thing about your blind spots, it's going to once again, piss you guys off is you don't know what they are. Like just by the apps, the, the definition of blind spot, like you don't know what it is right now, as much as you're like, oh, I think that's my blind spot. Like it's not. If you knew what your blind spot was, like it wouldn't be a blind spot. And so um, I help people find what their blind spots are. And yeah, that that's deeper work that we do. And I, I'm sorry, I don't have a better an- like podcast answer for you. Um, I know that, you know, people are tuning in what we want to deliver as much value as, as we can, but I also want to encourage you guys to be willing to move from information consumption to, to transformation experience. And again, there's only your mind will only take you so far. And I think one of the biggest problems that I see in the personal development space with people who are interested in bettering themselves is that there's an information addiction that is really just fear masking itself as the desire to know more or as perfectionism. And so at some point, you just got to be willing to get out of your head and into life. And when you do that, you'll learn things that you just couldn't possibly know if you were sitting on the sidelines trying to analyze. Mm -hmm. Dude, I love it, man. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to do some work with you, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, I love it. So if today's conversation is resonating with you, um, this is the work that I'm here to bring to the planet, right? Like on a deep level, I want to help you grow that seven-figure business. I want to help you be in the relationship of your dreams. But I know that that's going to come from the conversation that we started to have today. Mental clarity, emotional mastery, physical optimization, meaning your energy and kind of your, your fuel to actually perform in life. And a deeper purpose. Because people can feel that purpose when you show up in the world that way. Um, so last year we were in Bali. Uh, I saw you in Bali briefly and, um, crazy, but I was going through a crazy experience. And then I ended up getting dengue fever, which is a potential people. Yeah. It's a, it's potentially a fatal disease. And so within no time at all, within two days, I had 104 degree fever. I was hospitalized for a week. I lost 10 pounds. I couldn't stomach eating basic foods. And it was, you know, to, to dramatize it a bit here, like it was a near death experience. And, and I kind of laid there on my metaphorical deathbed, hospital bed for a week. And I it just talk about clarity, right? Like I, I was just like, if I could only bring one more thing to the planet, like to, to the people, like what, what would I want to create? And I, I wanted to, I got clear. I want to help people master their inner game. And uh, so I created a 10 week immersion process. That's not random. You're not picking up a book here or listening to a podcast there. It's very strategic. Um, there's a group atmosphere to it and a, mo- a momentum that builds over time. And I really wanted to make sure it wasn't informational. Like it was, I, I don't know what most online courses look like, but this isn't an online course. This is like an experiential thing with comfort zone challenges, mind training techniques, heart opening exercises. And I was just, you know, how can I come at this from all angles, productivity, hacking, accountability, goal setting, results, tracking, et cetera. And yeah, I created this program. The people got astonishing results, raving fans. I got super clear. 
we spoke a little bit about this before the interview today. Like, this is what I'm here to bring to the world. And I'm spending, got a vision for 2020 on how I'm going to be doing that. And so if you'd like, if, if you'd like to um, engage in the process or at least have a conversation about it, you can go to playtheinnergame.com, playtheinnergame.com. And um, it's application only, but we want to make sure we bring together the best fits. And we don't want you to sign up if you're not a good fit because you'll be a pain in the ass. And then I'll, I'll be bothered by that and the program will go as well for everyone. So we really do, you know, we're really not interested in just taking your money for the sake of it. Um, but what I can guarantee is that if you do apply and you do get on a conversation with me or someone from my team, that we will help you get a much higher level of clarity, um, whether the program makes sense or not. So that would be that would be the best way. I'm checking out the website right now. Great, guys. So if you're interested in that, go to playtheinnergame.com. If people want to reach out, just uh, is there an email they can get you at? Yeah, yeah. So Jacob at sensify.com. J-A-C-O-B at S-E-N-S-O-P-H-Y.com. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Thank you, dude. And for everyone who doesn't know, Andy is the shit. Andy has been so helpful in my life and such a good friend and like someone who I go to and like, I don't know who to go to. And you know, that type of friend or person, like how valuable they are. And yeah, I, I'd love to say that he's only that person for me, but that's just who he is in life. And so if you have any chance to get Andy in your life in any way, I just highly encourage you to soak that opportunity up and take it. Thank you, my man. <laughs>